You're listening to CFRC 1019 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. And we are back with the Oscars done, back to business here. Oscar's done. Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift is, done. is finished. Is she canceled? No. <laughs> no. For that, we don't have that day. power. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, now we um, now we're back to business, and it's it's a little bit of a grind for a bit because we we are still stuck in a very interesting time for film. For Fair. New, new okay. At first, it's, it's I was like, "What the heck it's a bit are of a you grind. talking about?" It's going to be a bit of a I don't a know slog. Yeah. In this terms is, of what we're seeing yeah i i think things pick up again in a couple of weeks but notoriously january february and even early march is kind of a dumping ground for films where like we don't really know where this fits so it goes here so you see you see some great movies but you see some some not so great and we this year luckily somehow we avoided a lot of bad movies because we were so busy doing special episodes so we know uh no um Gosh, what's that little rodent's name? Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh yes, no, no we did Sonic not. Sonic the Hedgehog. And you know what else we didn't have to do, and and didn't end up doing, was the Birds of Prey movie. Harley I, Quinn. I still want to see it. Birds of Prey. I still want to see it. The only movie I've ever seen, not seen, but only movie I've ever seen this happen to, where they changed where they changed the, the, name. the name midway through. The the run. They thought the so it's called Harley Quinn colon, colon Birds, Birds of, of Prey, Prey or the Emancipation. No, they took of, that out now. But I'm saying it used to it be used to be called that. Birds of Prey or the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That was the original. I mean, name. I think it's a long title. Sure, but but don't change Harley it. Quinn colon Birds of Prey. It's just sort of like. Whatever. They should have just called it Harley Quinn. It it bombed the first week. And they were like, okay, we have to do something to get people to this movie. So really, like, people liked Harley Quinn and and people liked Margot Robbie. She was one of the real draws of Suicide Squad. And I I completely agree. I think there were three really strong performances in Suicide Squad. Will Smith, Margot Robbie. And I really liked the guy that nobody likes. Um, The Joker. No. No, I don't like him. Um... He played the the guy who throws the boobarangs. Um, I don't even remember the other what characters. It was the actor's name. Oh, I'm surprised. It's on the tip of my tongue. I saw that movie in theaters, oh, and the I'm fact that you just it. said the man who throws the he boomerangs. Throws the boomerangs. Is he the one who also is a crocodile? No, that's a completely different character. See, like that's how poor that movie did in my memory. But I did love Harley Quinn. I thought she was great. So that's why I am looking forward to. This Harley Quinn movie. I don't know if I'm going to get out to see it in theaters before it leaves. Oh, but just, I need to find this guy's name or it's going to really bug me. Because, you know, when something's on the tip of your yes. tongue. Because, um, she, yeah, I agree with you. She was very good. In it, and I'm and I'm, I'm curious. But it's been out for a few weeks now. So reviewing is good. Did it do better once they changed the name? Do you know? I will check that um, as soon as I find the name of one. Why is he not even listed? The Emancipation <laughs> of One Boomerang Man. Oh, what? See, Will Smith, Ike Bear Holtz, Margot Robbie, Viola Davis, um, David Harbour. Um, oh, is this? 
you know, I can't find. I don't. I don't even believe don't even, that there was a man. There was he a threw. man. He throws boomerangs. He was in. He's been in a bunch of Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. I didn't even find it, and and that's his name. I gotta find it, because um, I'll show you a picture of him. Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. There he is. Jai Courtney. Yeah, Captain Boomerang. So Jai Courtney. How embarrassing that you couldn't <laughs> remember his name, and it's literally Captain <laughs> but, Boomerang. Yeah, Captain Boomerang. And uh, and he he was one of to me the three of them were were the sort of standouts. Um, I'll see if I can clearly scroll not through a to me. Picture I'm like here of, I am being like the crocodile there man, left see, more of see, an impression. That's Captain Boomerang. He, he carried around. Uh, yeah, he was Australian, and he carried around a, a sort of pink. Uh, I think it, I think it was like a unicorn. Is that guy? Yeah. No? Right. I mean, yeah. You show me pictures. I'm like, yeah, he probably sure. was in that movie. Sure, that was he's probably in that. Yeah, that, that's been Jai Courtney's career. Has been like he's, he, he's probably in that. Yeah, no. But I thought I thought he was he was also pretty good. Fair enough. We're gonna kick things off with some fan questions. Three three of which that we had to push this week. Because the Taylor Swift episode took so much. There was just so much to talk about. <laughs> Who knew? I, the latter 20 minutes of that episode is pretty much ranting and <laughs> discussions, but pretty big topics. But still, it, it, we, we we really went into it. I, I can't people... wait to know about the downloading stats, like to see if it, it's going to Oh, yeah, that's well. good. I, I should check into that because I'm always interested with these these niche episodes, like who who's paying attention and who isn't and who cares and. Who knows? I don't know. I don't even know. Honestly, I think I know what our fan base is, and then certain episodes do really well, and I don't know why. Um, so first question comes from Nicole. This was kind of the big question um, that I said we'd start things out with. Um, so I'm just going to dive right into it. So I'm going back. I'm going to throw this back to your episode in which you had a fan. She puts fan question question in quotations, calling your opinion sexist because of how you both felt about Little Women. Firstly, I think we can all agree that we enjoyed Little Women as a film. And if anyone listened to your review, they would know that. I agree. Thank you, Nicole. Yeah. Uh, I think we she's both biased because she's my best friend, but still. But still, thank I think you, she's she 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 continues to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I would uh, just like to remind some of your audience members that just because a film doesn't resonate with you and it's directed by a woman, that doesn't make you sexist. Um, was it OED or OED? OED or OED defines sexism. I don't know. Is that an organization? I should know. I think it's OED. Um, OED defines sexism as the unfair treatment of people, especially women, because of their sex. Not at, not once did I hear either of you say that you didn't like Little Women because it was directed by a woman. You presented clear points about what you enjoyed and did not enjoy. Uh, that ev that everyone has to like Greta Gerwig's directional style. Um, you're not. Uh, you're allowed to be critical. Um, as long as you can back up your point. Mainstream film, film goers are only just becoming, uh, starting to see films directed by women, and um, the firsts are not always perfect, but we need the firsts and the critiques of those firsts so that we can tell even better and more nuanced stories next time. So that's a point, before I continue, that, that I do agree with, and I think we yeah. were trying to make yeah. is Greta Gerwig's early in her career. These critiques are good. It's good to kind of get these things out there. She walk so others can run and i think nicole brings up a good point that i also agree with i think we had really fair points as to why we both enjoyed the film and why we both didn't mm -hmm. 
Um, it's unfair for us to put all the pressure on Greta Gerwig to be the first female director the world needs who has to please every single audience member. She just can't be. Uh, if we want to see diver diversity in front and behind the camera, we should be actively seeking out and supporting films. When I say supporting, I mean going and paying to see movies created and directed by diverse humans. This is exactly what audiences should be doing if they care about what they consume. Change happens when you take action, and as an audience, you have the responsibility to support and not tear down. Also, I may point out that what actually keeps great films from being recognized by awards bodies um, is the fact that all of the voters are made up of older white males. Unfortunately, it's a big systematic issue. Cough, cough, Green Book 2019. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, Nicole's pointing out a, a very good point um, that is well taken, specifically... I will say about the Oscars is yeah. that demographically it is a lot of older men who are white. Um, also, I think I pointed out a couple episodes ago is the way to do the voting is also confusing mm -hmm. and lends it to a lot of people not having the opportunity to see films. They just and vote for group, their friends. Yeah, groupthink starts to come into play, which I want to point out here that would happen with any group of people, not just older white men. If it was all one of anything, you're always going to get groupthink. So the point that Nicole's bringing up is actually a very good one of... We just don't have enough diverse voters. Exactly. The systematic issue is the diversity of voters and that a more diverse voting group and would actually And we don't have better. a large pool of diverse movies. Nope. So again, the whole thing like, it's not even fair to be like, Greta, you have to win all the awards. No. And she's not the only female director out there. Um as another point and I and I like the distinction here when Nicole says supporting films going and paying to see movies support doesn't mean you like everything yeah. it means you're you're going and you're supporting it and you're you're paying and you're you're there's the you old know. saying that you vote with your dollar yeah exactly right exactly. so if you want to see more diverse films then go yeah. don't spend your money on Marvel and uh go see a hidden life hey <laughs> spend your money on both I, I spent my money on Little Women it's this, true. In, in December, and it was the film that I liked it more than Star Wars, right? Yeah. So that'll tell you something about uh, me, who's a huge Star Wars and Marvel fan, and how I think I can separate genre and enjoy a film that's well done. That does not it mean— franchise. Yeah, that does not mean—just because I like Little Women, that does not mean that I thought Greta Gerwig should get the nomination for Best Director. That's exactly the point I was making. So, yeah, I think that Nicole brings up a couple good points here. Um so Nicole continues to say, uh, I say all of this as a queer woman who is admittedly mildly biased and prefers to see what women uh, behind the story, uh, prefers to see women behind the stories that I consume. But at the end of the day, and you can censor this, Mike, which I will a little bit, uh, opinions are like butts. <laughs> everyone has one and everyone uh, else, uh, everybody thinks everybody else's stinks. Also, I did see Judy, and the movie was meh overall, but I really do think Renee Zellweger deserved that Oscar because she was the most compelling part of that movie. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I want to I touch on two things here. Um, I think that bias, there's a fan question about bias coming up as well. So I think Nicole is saying something that I agree with you should do, as a consumer of film or consumer of any art, I think you should be able to lay your bias set on the table. Yeah. Nicole's saying, I'm biased. I want to see women behind the camera and, and, and their stories that she, they consume. Mm -hmm. um, great. Okay. That You're saying that. You're putting it out there. You're naming it. So I think you, can, you can work with that. And I'll say, because I know Nicole so well, Nicole is not a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. She really does 
put her money where her mouth is. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like she, out of anyone I know, her support of independent independent cinema, no one compares. Maybe Tyler in terms of so like Nicole is really coming from a place of knowledge, yeah. right? And yeah. it's not a place of ignorance. Like no, she is really one of those people who says, you know, I want to see female directors, and she supports. So I'm gonna go out. Yeah, I'm gonna support, and I'm sure Nicole can come back and say there's lots of films by female directors she's seen that didn't resonate with her so oh, maybe yeah. she would be critical of it um and there's lots that she come back and would say these resonate with me so i think that like understanding that just because you have a bias doesn't mean you are hypocritical like you're saying and mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're you don't understand that that exists so i think that that's a really good point um the judy thing is interesting because i agree that one individual's performance can elevate a movie or can make it more compelling and can really add to it. I didn't see quite what Nicole's saying that she she saw in Judy. And Nicole hasn't admitted her bias here. She is a huge Judy Garland fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, and hey, I <laughs> I'm I, calling you out, Nicole. I know who Judy Garland is, and I, I think that, that that she has a compelling story and it, it's kind of cool to see. But again, I I I left Judy going like Meh, 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 but meh in a positive way. Similar to when I saw, I think I saw Mary Queen of Scots and, and thought the same that was way. Okay, I was like, that was, that was okay a good movie. time. I enjoyed it. But then when the, all the nominations came out, I went, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not how I felt Just at all. Just the costumes. Um, but again, I think, thank you, Nicole, for for, for saying all that. Um, I think that this comes down to the point that I know we've talked about on the show before. I think it's really hard to judge best art. And I think it's a weird thing because it's so subjective. And things can resonate with certain people and other people. And it doesn't mean anyone's wrong. But right from the very beginning, we presented this show would be it's our opinions. Mm -hmm. But we present them in a strong way because we're both strong, opinionated people. So we're not going to sit here and (laughs) apologize for our opinions. And we're not going to say, well, it's only my opinion and whatever you think it's. I present my opinion as this is how I felt about it. If I say something somewhat sounds factual, because to me it is factual. I don't think Greta Gerwig deserved a, a nomination for Best Director. To me, that's a factual statement because it's what I believe. I doesn't mean everyone has to agree with me. It doesn't mean that at all. But, you know, it is it is my opinion based upon the things that I saw. And I think Nicole's bringing up some very fair points so that other people can disagree. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a sexist issue. And go out and support different stories. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a big yeah. thing she's saying. Yeah, for is sure. Is that like just because stuff. – Greta is like the buzz name right now does not mean that she is the be all and end all, nor should she be. So go out and go to the movies. Another um, female director that's starting to get some buzz just because of the one real success was Olivia Wilde. A lot of people really liked Booksmart, and I know you didn't. Um, But I know that that's another female director that, again, I actually have the same thoughts that, that Nicole does. Is like, why do people grab to one person and put all their hopes to that person yeah. it was kind of what was done a little bit i mean not to get into politics but it's kind of how a lot of people felt about the election so many years ago is everyone was like all our hopes and dreams are now with one individual i think that's a lot to put on someone it's like they're here to do a business and like yes there's always a historical context but it's i'm pretty sure greta gerwig just wants to make good movies i like yeah. from all her interviews especially and from even her she's pretty humble she and just like kinda, a nerd yeah just kind of like yeah it kind of <laughs> reminds me of like a nerdy person that i would have gotten along with really well in school and just wants to make her things 
you so know. let her do it yeah but also let other take, people do take it the too. pressure off here uh, but thank you nicole for saying all that uh, we're glad that you uh, well said listened to our review uh because yeah that was the biggest thing is we get we were both positive and i think we said see it <laughs> to little women or something like that we, we were pretty we close. made the mistake <laughs> of saying she didn't deserve the oscar yeah. as if that was and as if the oscars again i love the oscars so i'm never going to devalue it in a huge way i just love the idea of oscars and i 100 percent will admit they need to fix things and i wish they would but i it's just because you win an oscar it doesn't actually mean that much in terms of the way i'm gonna rev- like view somebody mm-hmm. i mean you're not a good filmmaker it's it's just one thing um but yeah i i think that uh, that's kind of a good way to cap off that discussion yeah um so we also have two questions here um coming off from from last week one from Kristen says hi Mike and Taylor I think that the fact that uh, you listen to your fans and do episodes about topics or films you wouldn't normally even see is amazing so thank you for doing this I wanted to ask um, if you both felt that your bias um, is a hard thing to work around when you're trying to review a movie or recommend it to others show Taylor which is you has admitted <laughs> she isn't a big Taylor Swift fan to begin with and Mike has said he's not a big music person so do these types of things make it harder for you to judge a film uh, when you start your review I think I and I always do before I start the review on the show I I feel like I'm pretty authentic in saying what I'm bringing to the table when I'm reviewing the movie yeah um and i just try to still be as honest as possible you know what i mean and i i find it's almost harder to review a movie when um it's like a quote-unquote taylor movie like when i go in thinking that i'm going to like the movie oh i see and then i don't like so your bias kind of works in another way like this is my genre (laughs) yeah it's harder those are almost harder for me it's a great point um, but I'm, I, I'm not going to lie to the listeners. It certainly is hard to review a movie that just n- is not in your wheelhouse or because I always want to be as authentic and honest as possible. Right. So yeah. sometimes it's hard to know, OK, did I just not like this movie because of X, Y, Z or do I not like this movie because it's not good? Um, do you know what I mean? So like, I do with know what the, you mean. Yeah. So when unpacking for the using the example of the Taylor Swift documentary, I really had to unpack it being like, okay, am I prejudiced against this documentary because it's not a good documentary? Or am I being prejudiced against it because I don't like Taylor Swift as a person? Which and I don't, it was, but you never, you never hide, hid that though. Yeah. That's the one thing I will give you that credit as well. It's like you, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of your review, you said that. Yeah. So I would say, um, it's not necessarily hard because I'm so upfront. Yeah. So yeah. it would, I that think, helps. I think, you know, if I was trying to deceive the listeners in some way, like if I wasn't like upfront by saying, yeah. I don't like Taylor Swift, then it would be hard yeah. because I would be trying to, but anyway, so yeah, it's just a matter of kind of when watching the film, being evaluating your emotions and thinking through that okay do i not yeah. like this because this yeah. isn't my genre or do i not like this because it's not a good so, movie. so you're saying for you it is a thing you you think about and, and you do have to be mindful of but you think it helps to lay it out there and yeah. say it at the beginning yeah. yeah and i think most listeners can go back and i think typically and i also 
will tell the listeners that when this, when it's a movie that I particularly like, I am normally pretty good at saying, okay, I really like this movie, sure. but, but, you know, like, yeah. so Cold War, for instance, yeah. it was difficult to give a balanced review of Cold War because emotionally right. and culturally and historically it spoke to me so deeply. So okay, it works it works both ways, right? Like yes, it does. is yeah. this a good is this a good movie based on its merits or am I giving such a yeah. positive review because it's yes. speaking to all the things that I look for. So let me ask you this question about that then. Which one do you think is tougher for you? When it's the positive side of bias when or when it's positive. the negative? When it's positive, okay. It's you think hard. that's it's, harder. It's because it's it's like when you were in school and you had to give a book review mm-hmm. and they're like, you liked the book and they're like, okay, now tell me why you liked the book. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> what do you mean? I liked it. Like, you're like, you I liked it. Like, yeah. I don't know what else. Yeah. That's like, sometimes it's more difficult for me to. I actually, I remember I suffered in a book report for that reason. Yeah. I read the picture of Dorian Gray and you had to give like present not not like full presentations like a but report. like an oral an report oral yeah report. exactly um and all my positive comments i didn't have a lot to back it up so they thought i didn't re- read the book like, and i was just I trying to explain the character. yeah I, like I, I was just trying to explain like it's just i don't have much to critique because it, it was good i enjoy is it the best thing ever no but i it's enjoyed it much <laughs> easier to critique yeah I than agree. it is to um praise because it, because once because sometimes you like something and you just like it and what's yeah. there left to say i enjoyed myself what yeah, do i have good. to say about this like yeah, um yeah. the old man and the gun yeah i liked it yeah you liked it yeah <laughs> i well i had one of those recently i think a movie where i just went and i liked it i can't remember maybe it was from last year oh no i think i think there were a few like stan and ollie where like i had little yeah, minor things said, to say like, but i was I just like i enjoyed it it, it was, was fun good. yeah it, it, it's not gonna i'm never gonna think about it again but that doesn't mean i didn't like it yeah but back to the original question. Yeah. Um, yes, it can be. Di- it's. I mean, every movie is different. Every yeah. situation is different. Some movies are more difficult to critique than others. But I just always rely on sort of my candor um, and my honesty and authentic authenticity. Authenticity. At yeah. least that's what I. Yeah. I think, and that's what I strive to do in a yeah. review. Yeah, and I think that that's I think that's important. And I I do the exact same thing. I, yeah. I really what I try to do, and I try to do this in other aspects of my life as well, especially when I'm like nervous or I'm angry or like I'm dealing with a big emotion. I I just lay it out on the table yeah. and say I am upset, I am angry, I am nervous, and. For whatever reason, people can try this. It defe- it like really helps. And I do the same way with bias. I-, I don't think I have a lot of bias when I go into films, but I do when it's like a music thing or a thing I don't like. I go, listen, I-, I just name it. Even if it's saying it out loud or just admitting it to myself mm-hmm. as I'm going into this. I don't like this genre to the begin with, so let's see what happens. But sometimes just naming it for yourself helps for whatever yeah. reason. Like you put it out there and then it just kind of helps. And then I think – by doing this type of show or talking to people about movies, it can vindicate you as well. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, you know, your reaction to some of the things I was saying that was the same in your t- Taylor Swift review. You were like, okay, I'm glad you yeah. <laughs> pinpointed that. I think I, I feel that way as well. Like when I can get someone else who agrees. Like the fact that we're on the same page, the little women thing, made me feel And then better. we know, okay, that wasn't biased. That yeah. was. That was. That was our poor. Opinion. That was poor. Yeah, whatever. That was a poor. Other, someone else agrees. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but thank you, Kristen, for that question. Uh, James has the last question, and again, this was just kind of carryover. Um, he says, Mike, you've said before that you thought 2019 was a weak uh, year for movies, but you also seemed very happy with all the Oscar nominations and wins. What gives? Um, I don't think I said 2019 was weak. I said I think I said that like it was sort of a meh film, like so-so films. We started the, the year off pretty rough. And I think this because i think he's referring to a comment i made during our year review right but i hadn't seen a couple oscar movies by that point i don't think i'm just trying to remember when i said 2019 was weak i'm pretty sure i said it was mem like so so yeah Maybe i can't remember in 2018 maybe i said that i don't know um but i think i think for me the films that were good were good Really good. Uh, yeah. And I think that all the Oscar movies, the reason why I was happy with it, and I, I think that even everything but Ford versus Ferrari that was nominated for Best Picture, I went like, it's a pretty good crop of films. We did say, I remember in the year in review, that a lot of movies we were looking forward to did disappoint us. That is true. We did say that. So, they so that, may, that's very true. The James, James maybe, yeah. maybe pinpointing that. Yeah. that. Um, yeah, I don't know. But also, but to be fair, you hadn't seen all the movies. Yeah, yet, right? I hadn't so. seen Jojo Rabbit or Parasite by the time by that point. The farewell, the I don't think you had. Farewell, seen yet. I hadn't seen yet. Um, there was a few more. There's a lot I caught up with. Yeah. In January, leading up to the Oscars, so that's probably it. But yeah, I will say that I do remember getting lots of disappointments from 2019. Lots of films that I I was very disappointed with. There was lots of films that I thought were meh. So so walk the line, but then I thought the good ones were really good. So yeah. so the the cream of the crop were, were was quite strong this year. But I think in 2018 I had a bigger variety of films I liked. Right, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think we we were more or less on the same page about our film opinion for the past year. Yeah, like it wasn't like a like a a banner year for no, film. No. But I think the films that were recognized yeah. this year deserve to be yeah. recognized and they yeah. were really good and yeah. that was p kind of the problem with some of the n oscar nominations was that like having to compete against such good movies Stuff. like i think we had said like oh the irishman coming out at the same time as yeah you know 1917 right yeah. if those two movies weren't competing in the same year they probably would have won separate or like yeah. having to compete against Parasite. And th that's the thing. Like I think Parasite coming out really, you know, stole a lot of great Oscars. Yeah. Well, deservedly. But again, yeah, you're, you're so making stole, a great, but, but like, grabbed them, took, came in and took yeah, them like, away. Yeah, took spots and, from other people. And you're right. All, you just happened to this year. There were, you know, like the, you know moonlight and 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 that year with la la land and stuff this year you just happened to have like five moonlights and yeah. two or three la la lands who were like next level down but everyone's popular like you just happen to have a lot of them yeah. as opposed to but then know. i would say like the blockbusters they were meh yeah i was very disappointed with the exception of endgame with pretty much every blockbuster i saw like almost every single one 
I was disappointed with. So so that that there's a good point taken. I'm trying to compare our two years now because we've, we've basically right. done this yeah. for two years. Yeah. So we have 2018 films and 2019 films. And I will say I think I liked more of 2018's films. Like I think there were more films I liked in 2018 by way of like, oh, if I liked 50, then right. maybe in 2019 I liked 30 or something like yeah. that. Like I think that's probably also true. Um, but I, I agree with exactly what you're saying. I think the cream of the crop were just so good that another year – all those movies that lost, 1917, they probably would have been Oscar winners. Yeah, but in a different year. But when you're competing against big, great movies like Parasite and The Irishman, all these movies, Two Popes even, yeah. um, two great acting performances, I think there was so much of that that it made it tough. Yeah, so, it was a tough year. But that's good. You know, that's I'm looking forward to see what 2020 brings us. Who knows? You never um, know. So that's uh, that's it for fan questions this week. Um, we uh, we have two films that we're going to review, um, but before we get into that, we're going to have a little bit of a wedding planning update from Taylor. So cue my funky wedding planning opening. The wedding had to be fun. Get you have the your decorations, family's, families coming together. That's a nice moment. What'd you have to eat? Crab cakes. Are you kidding me? Crab cakes? How can you not have a good time eating crab cakes? I love them. And They're you have a band? Did you have a band? It's a great band. It's a bad band. It's like pizza, baby. It's good no matter what. There's music in the Get air. Them playing, shouting, yeah. hey, a little bit. Oh, 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 shout now. Jump up and shout now. It's now time for a Taylor and Dan wedding update. Here's Taylor. So I guess um, this would have been an update last week, but because we were Taylor Swift was the Taylor on the dock. Yeah, we didn't have enough space for two Taylors last week. So (laughs) um, we did, Dan and I did our engagement photos, um, uh, I guess two weeks ago now or a week and a half ago now, whatever time has no meaning. Um, and the, I'm not a huge fan of these current, this current trend and sort of these like almost lifestyle esque photographs, um, where, you know, like they're outside playing in the leaves oh, or they're oh, at home okay. drinking coffee. Like more action shots in like a yeah. scenario or scene? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Like, oh, we're walking our dog on the beach. That's just like, it's not my style. No no offense to people who do those photographs. Um, I just, you know, grew up looking at photographs of my family, which were definitely more like portraits. Um, you know, they went to a studio and their engagement photos were yeah. in, in a in a. A portrait studio. Oh, okay. So I'm more inclined to that style of photograph. Um, so my photographer is really great. She has a friend who has a portable studio. So they set up the studio in our living room and they took all the photos in our house. Um, but it was like with a backdrop. And so the photographer um, kind of took some of my ideas and ran with it. So she found um, portraits of kind of the golden age of Hollywood, like leading mm. leading men and leading women. Like mm. um, They almost look like what would have been like promotional stills. Cool. And we recreated oh, kind of, so like Vivian neat. Lee and Cary Grant. And so, um, yeah, I, I think if people looked at the photographs, they wouldn't necessarily know those were the touch no, but points. but that's what you kind of. But that's what yeah. we did. So, Very cool. um very exciting. Yeah. Um, and then this upcoming weekend, Dan and I will be in Brockville for our wedding prep. 
weekend because in the Catholic Church you have to right, um, right. do a little bit of homework, homework before you're allowed getting married. And then we're getting a dog. So mm-hmm. that's I won't be able to review a movie next week. Because you're getting a dog. Because <laughs> we're getting a dog. And um, going to school. Yeah. Wedding Very school. Very cool. Wedding school. Okay. Well, then you'll have a really interesting wedding update next week. Yeah. Because you can talk about school and dog. Yeah. All wedding related. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's dive into some film review here. We both yeah. saw uh, some films. You you went back to the screening room after we kind of yeah had two for the weeks first off. time in forever. It felt yeah. like well, I mean, we had the Oscars. We had Taylor Swift. They understand, they I'm get sure. It. They get uh, it. And then I I went to went to the multiplexes to to see a very interesting interesting film uh, in downhill. So. Um, where would you like to start? Do you want to start with Sure, I can start life? with A Hidden Life. A Hidden Life, yeah. When you texted me, I will admit, you texted me. So Taylor and I touched base, like, I don't know, like Friday or something, yeah. whenever you pick the film. You texted me and said, this is the film you're going to. I had to look it up. So I went, what is this? <laughs> so this was on one of – our listeners are very – have very good memories because normally they call us out on stuff that we don't even remember saying. 100%. But if you guys remember my year in review, A Hidden Life was one of the my most anticipated movies of 2019. Oh, okay. Um, I bet you our fans do know that because yeah. they remember things that we don't. Exactly. <laughs> so so um, it's finally made its way to the screening room. Okay. Terrence Malick is an, a, an American filmmaker. Yes, Terrence Malick. Who, yeah. um, his... He didn't do any sort of traditional promotion for this film, and he typically doesn't. Um, He is a very private man. Um, I've, out of his filmography, I think I've only ever seen Badlands with... uh, Oh, Badlands, yeah. From the the 70s. Um, Yeah, Um, I'll have to see if I've seen anything. uh, Which is a very good movie, but... So I was doing just a little bit of reading just because he's kind of a mysterious figure. So his films... He is an American filmmaker that um, is very polarizing. Yeah. Um, I've only ever seen, like I said, Badlands. So Badlands is a fairly traditional narrative film, kind of like an on-the-road movie. Right. Um, Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek, yeah. Is is, um, one of the leads. Um, And I really enjoyed that movie. But one of the things he's known for is... um, uh, voiceovers, no. which some people apparently his Wikipedia page says some people find it very pretentious. Oh, really? The voiceover oh, use. Okay. Um, and I guess later in his film career, he has abandoned traditional narrative storytelling, and in one of his last films, he he almost like abandoned the script, like he filmed without a script. Oh. But in um, a hidden life, he said that he tried to go back to filming with a script okay. and try to tell a more sort of traditional narrative. So people might know, because like his, his probably most, probably the two most mainstream films he's done, The Tree of Life and Th- The Thin Red Line. Yeah. Uh, are probably like the, in terms of like the, the stars in it and the amount of money behind it in studio movies. Those are probably the two I would say he, films. in a way, is like a household name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I, I, you've um, probably seen one of his movies without knowing yeah. it's necessarily him if, you, if you're not Yeah, I guess like attention. his movies would be a household yes, name. Yes, yeah. So, um, again, just always in the, the sake of honesty, this movie will not be for everyone. Um a, because of content. Yep. It's a World War II story about mm-hmm. a, a conscientious um, objector. He's Austrian. He's mm-hmm. an Austrian farmer. It's based on a true story. The Catholic Church, well, I don't want to give too much away, but the he's a, he is a saint now. 
um, because of his actions during World War II. So if you are a history buff but um, are expecting sort of a lot of action, this is not the movie for okay. you. Okay, so it doesn't focus on, on any doesn't, action it doesn't, elements. It's... You don't see combat. You never even see an airplane. You just hear airplanes. So if he's Austrian, is he refusing to fight for the Nazis? Like, yes. is it part of so that? So a little mini history lesson. Yeah. yeah. Um, prior to World War II and very early in Hitler's career, he annexed Austria yeah. because he said, you know, they're they're the German people. They they be, belong to Germany, and so essentially, they um, Austria becomes part of Germany. Right. Essentially, very early on, prior to World War II, um, the Aust- some Austrians welcomed Hitler you know they were enthusiastic Nazis you could say um but just like in Germany and in in other annexed countries there were a lot of people who were not happy about Hitler so um Austrians were conscripted to fight in the German army because um they're technically part of Germany right um and part of fighting in the army is you would have to swear an oath of loyalty to Hitler and um Okay. This uh, uh, this farmer is um, he's uh, very Catholic and has like a very strong morality and he he thinks that this war is unjust and does not support Hitler so he refuses to swear an oath of loyalty to Hitler. Okay, which is considered treason right. okay. during yeah. World War Two. Right. So um, that's kind of the the story. Um, there is very little dialogue in the sense of two characters speaking to each other so there's lots and lots of voiceover like uh like characters sort of like internal monologue but very little like conversation interesting Interesting. so a lot of it's told through monologue and sort of like expressing things and talking about that and okay there the farmer writes letters back and forth with his wife so a lot of it is just like reading letters and that is over like the, the talking is happening over, like, scenes. Um, the editing is very fast. So I thought, um, having kind of, like, read a little bit, um, I assumed that it would be sort of, like, I'm like, okay, I can get behind, like, uh, voiceover. I don't necessarily need conversation. But I thought that the the shots would be, like, very long, sprawling, because we're in the Austrian foothills of the Alps, like, and farming. I thought it would be, like, you know, uh, kind of just long shots of farmlands. But instead, it's very quick, quick, quick edits. Like, you're not lingering mm. on anything very long. Mm-hmm. I think it was effective, like, in the sense that life is made up of all these very small moments, but also the movie's three hours. So, like, life is very hours, yeah. <laughs> life is very <laughs> fleeting, but at the same time, it's very long. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I think in that sense, it worked. But for people who are not used, it's I, – I was talking to my dad on the phone before I went to go see it, and he's like, oh, I heard it's very European in its sensibilities. Oh, okay. And it's – it's not filmed like an American movie. Okay, okay. Even though this is coming from an American director, in terms of the editing, it's almost experimental. That's interesting. And it's yeah. Um. So like, you'll be having 
two characters will be having conversations and then there'll be a it'll be you'll see the face of the husband and then there's a quick jump cut to the wife's face and then another quick jump and the conversation is is still going on but now they're in a different part of the farm and then a quick cut again and now maybe the wife is on her own but the conversation is is still continuing continuing if that makes she, sense yeah well that's like even the way you're describing like that would fractured. be that, yeah that would be jarring it's, so um because of that the editing i think it's going to be difficult for viewers who are used to a very kind of straight editing straight cinematography yeah um the movie was beautiful yeah. if anyone has spent any time in austria it captures the beauty of Austria in terms of cinematography. But the problem was the edit, the editing was so quick. I thought, no, stay, stay yeah. on this waterfall, stay on this, this pastor. Um, I certain, I, I hate using the, ter the term powerful cause it's a little corny, but I, I, I was certainly moved by the film. Like yeah. I cried and many parts right. of the movie um maybe because i knew what was going to happen to him yeah. but also just the movie is very much so one of the things that this filmmaker is known for is kind of like a spiritual introspection kind of like how we live our lives within the world um and you know how do you make sense of our lives and so how are these people making sense of their lives within a horrible time in history they're trying to live on their own terms in a system that is very much not the individual. Yeah. So it it talks about very to me important how do we maintain the family within within a oh, system okay. that yeah. you know just and because there's such love between the the husband and the wife and their children right. and. There, you know, he's trying to make a moral stand, but the decision he makes is going to impact his family. Right. Um, so anyways, I think the movie was very beautiful, but I think the editing is going to um, be jarring. And the way you're describing of, it, like that could turn a lot of people off. Like their, I don't, their opinions yeah, of the movies, no, I mean, like once they're there. I have no question that people will be yeah. turned off by that. Um, the movie is three hours. The man beside me... Uh, Please don't. Please be aware of your bodies when you're in movie theaters, people. Especially when you're in a place like the screening room, where it's "quote unquote" the old style, where like you're sitting very close. For sure. To, in the new, in the big theaters, they put in those new chairs where yeah, it's almost like you're on a couch. You have distance. Yeah. This guy was jiggling his leg the whole movie. Yeah. And then at a certain part of the movie, fell asleep. And I just think like everyone should be. I believe in the democratization of film. Everyone should be allowed to go to the movie and enjoy themselves. But please be aware that this is a public place. Yeah. This is not your living room. Yeah. Please stop jiggling your leg for a three-hour yeah. movie. And if you're going to fall asleep, maybe leave. Yeah, and, and I, I think you're right. I think everybody who goes to really anything in public could use a little bit extra consideration for etiquette, those around you. Know yeah, I mean? a little little extra for those around you and understanding that that it is public and yeah, everyone ha has has the right to 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 be what they are, but you should be considerate of other people it around you. It takes you, you out well. of the movie yeah, when does, people yeah. are, you know, had, snoring beside I this, you. I had a discussion with someone recently where we were we were having we're just friends and we argue. So we're having like an argument about 
the right moments to go to the bathroom right. I, he used to come he, he he moved away but he used to come to all these movie nights today with friends and to bug me he'd always get up at the last second before the movie starts to go to the bathroom to come back as opposed to before the trailer right. start going whatever and i he said to me like well what would ever happen if you had to go to peter in the movie which has happened to me but i also said to him like i can hold i cannot go to the bathroom for three hours like, that it's is like, something I can do. For me, it's like, so, it's an emergency. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm focusing, if I'm, I'm focusing out, more yeah. on my bladder yeah. than the film, then, it, then it's then like, out. okay. Then you got to get out. But you got to wait till there's a lull in that. Oh, and I and I always said to him, I'm like, yeah, no, go to the bathroom right before it makes sense. But, like, I don't, but, but again, this is a conversation between him and me, and I understand that that's not the same for everyone. But both him and I can cannot go to the bathroom for three hours. That is a possibility for us. And it's not for everybody, but I'm saying in the conversation we were having. So that's where the, you know, the comment of you got to know yourself. Yeah. And and I think that sir, if you know you're going to fall asleep during something, then then why would you go during that time? Go to a time when you're a little more awake, awake and alert. Or like, I feel like, Oh, like I've, you know, I'm dozing. Maybe I better cut my losses. And, and, you know, maybe, you know, if you're someone who has a nervous, you know, your nervous leg where it moves and moves. I know sometimes mine will move mindlessly. It's like, be aware of that and check on yourself every once in a while and be like, oh, maybe I should stop because I'm probably moving the row or seats around me. Like it was, there was a notable vibration. And because, you know, this was a highly anticipated movie for For me. Yeah. This is content that um, I find like in my own life and my own spiritual life, like I was very much looking forward to the content and the story and like to me, it was very moving and powerful and emotional. And then you have this guy, tip, 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 yeah, it's like just, the whole movie. It's like, oh my gosh, man! Take that extra effort, everyone, when you leave the house and understand that you're entering public. Wherever you're going, when you leave the house, yeah. you're Whether entering you're at the public mall, a shared space on the bus. Yeah. You're no longer when you leave your house. You're no longer in your space. You're yeah. in a, you're in a shared space. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I everyone could use a little bit more thought process and etiquette. I don't get this concept of people just treating every place like their living room. No, I've never understood that either. But it happens more and more, and it's becoming more and more constant. And if you ever say anything while you're taking someone's God rights away, forbid uh, that you... and it's like that has nothing to do with anything. But anyway, um, hot topic for another day. So all in all, though, for you, because I mean, you're saying a lot of interesting things, especially about how you know even the editing, the editing was moments. hard for me okay so and, did that detract from it in a big way for you because you were saying like oh i wanted to stay longer here and 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 it didn't like did that really detract it mm. like you know like in family life you are you know you're with your spouse and your child and you you wish that moment yeah could last maybe and it doesn't so maybe i mean i if I didn't read his like the the philosophy behind his filmmaking, but I feel like in that way it was effective. But I'm not gonna lie, do I wish it was a more and the viewer the listeners know I don't care really for experimental filmmaking. Um, do I wish it had been edited in a more traditional way? Yes. Yeah. I would be lying if I like I'm not gonna be this like art house experimental film reviewer when I'm not right. Yeah. But was the movie still beautiful? Was it still powerful? Was it interesting? Yes. Yeah. To me, it was. it's a see it. But go in knowing, knowing this movie things, is three yeah. hours. Yeah. It is not traditionally edited. And it isn't your typical World War II movie in the sense that you don't see, like, you see some brutal treatment of, um, uh, of inmates, of, like, political prisoners, for sure. Like, some of that will make people very uncomfortable. But you don't see um any battles you don't see any like 
dog fights in the air. You don't see any concentration camps, yeah. you know. So you you do see um, uh, you see uh, jails where sort of German political prisoners served. Sure. Um, but for people who are looking for that really like action packed Pearl this, Harbor, yeah. this is not that movie. And you know, know that going in. Yeah. And if you aren't comfortable with like grappling with very complex sort of spiritual questions, yeah, yeah. again, probably not yeah. for you. Things that don't necessarily have a right or wrong answer yeah. are more out and open <laughs> yeah. and, and it's gonna make you think and think hard and yeah. Yeah, that's so definitely... I will the only thing I'll say, just as a disclaimer. Um, the Catholic Church has made him a martyr. So if anyone knows Wait, who, what that means. Who's, which one's a saint? He's a saint He's too? a saint, but, a but because he was martyred, that's how gotcha. he became a saint. Interesting. So, Very fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So it's a see it for you with but some. Know what you're getting yourself know into. Know what you're getting Don't, into. Quotes. Yeah. If you can't sit through a no, three hour movie, please do not if you, do this. If you're going to fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> then don't. don't go at least because like when i went to the lighthouse also a long movie close to three hours a man got up and left halfway through and i think good f- why why torture yourself as a yeah, film goer? You. if yeah. you know this isn't for you like, and you're just gonna bother people yeah. by like why do you have to stay like i don't understand why you can't just leave i mean i know we've talked about like reasons for leaving and whatever but hey why not yeah um, okay, so I saw Downhill, which um, let's let's really change tones here, um, <laughs> though also about family. Um, this this movie, for those of you, again, I, I only try to give away what's in the trailer, but essentially this revolves around a family who is who is skiing, uh, and a a um, avalanche happens, um, or a partial avalanche, and the uh, the father runs away from the family. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. It is Will Ferrell and Julia Louise Dreyfus are in this movie. Um, they star as, as basically the, the parents. They've taken their two boys who are very close in age, but just, just before, like pre-teens. Right, like 13. Yeah maybe, like, yeah, maybe 13. Like just early teens, if right. not, you know, just into to teenage years. Uh, skiing. Uh, Will Ferrell's father passed away about eight months ago. Uh, he was very close with his father, so this skiing trip also has some sort of like – it means something to him right. because he brought this hat along and and this is sort of like the reason why they're here is to forget about things and to try to kind of move forward. He's been grieving for eight months, so now this is their first time to really push forward. Um, this movie tries to do a couple different things and the biggest feeling I have coming out of it is it, it sort of didn't quite pick an angle to focus on as like to say something and more tried to say a few things but but did a lot more telling than showing um kind of like late night kind of like late night um and also actually like like late night i found like there were a lot of threads that sort of disappeared where they start going down oh we're gonna explore this oh no it's gone um and then tried to do too too many things and actually at times was a little too subtle. I'm all for subtlety, but I think they they really tried to say things, didn't really show it, and then when they said something, it was so subtle. Even in showing something, it was so subtle that I was left going like, what? I think this is what you're talking about. Like I, I was filling in too many blanks. Right. So I came out of the movie being like, this movie's about this, which again is it kind of a spoiler, so I can't be- say it. Like, not to be, like, a lazy film goer, but the movie is borderline a comedy. I definitely should not have to fill in the blanks when it's a comedy. Yeah, this movie, 
this movie is, is classified as a lot of different things. Really, it's a, it's a dramedy. It's a drama comedy. Right. It, it centers around a very dramatic feeling. Not necessarily – like the event's somewhat dramatic, but the feeling that Julia Louise Dreyfus' character goes through. She goes through this of like I am now questioning my marriage and who this person is that I'm married to. That's a very real thing. And there's actually like a, a really compelling scene she has where she breaks down and cries. But again, I don't think it was as compelling because of the overall tone of the movie it was so weird. But I'll, I'll kind of get into that in a second. But but it was still very comedic, lots of funny moments um, with Will Ferrell in it. And even even Julia Louis-Dreyfus is like a comedian She's at She's a heart. great actress, yeah, comedic actress. Both of them are bringing that comedic tone to it. Um, I just felt that it... You know, a good example is because I can. This is not a spoiler because it kind of has nothing to do with it. Um, he he's a little into his phone at the beginning, and you think like, oh, so this is going to be about our workforce now and how we never leave work. And he's so We're into his phone. We're disconnected, and he, but but they they completely d- dump that to to the point where she uses it against him. It's like he grabbed his phone and ran away from us. But the phone ha- in the latter half of the movie has nothing to do with anything. It's like they probably filmed a bunch of phone uh, uh, scenes and then, and cut, then them. cut them out. So so <laughs> it, it, the movie is not about how we're too connected digitally um, and that makes us disconnect from our families. It's not about that, but it kind of touches upon it a little bit. Or she uses it as ammo. It, yeah, and and again, it's, it's – and I get that in fights and arguments you often use different things of ammo, but there's so many moments that I think would have been more compelling if it was a drama and so many moments that would have been funnier if it was just a straight-up comedy, right. whereas you kind of were in this middle area of like somewhat uncomfortableness, a little bit of lighthearted laughter, but not really – like late night, not really going anywhere – but I will say, unlike Late Night, this movie did have, I think, more of an enjoyable thread. Right. And where they got to at the end was a little bit more uh, satisfying in terms of the story that they presented because they kind of left things off of like nothing's really solved, but there's a direction we can now go in. And we're kind of admitting faults but not saying there's a quick fix. There's lots of nuance here, which is nice. That was nice. The, the writers of this, um, it's a writing – combo um that had won an oscar for the descendants several years ago the crime movie um no the movie with um um oh what's his name george clooney and his wife is in a coma um and it's about anyway there's an airplane i think there's an airplane or is that departures no that's the no that's departures yes no this is on (laughs) i can't remember i don't know but anyway um but jim rash uh nat faxon um uh and uh jesse armstrong who also are all comedians in their own rights they've um jim rash people know from the tv show community nat faxon's if you look up his face you've seen him in everything um so this movie just to me seemed like it didn't quite really pick where it wanted to go, didn't really focus itself, but still had enough, like, enjoyment and laughter. There's, there's a scene later, like, as the, a long time between the big event, which you see in the trailer of him running away, which is near the beginning of the movie. There's a long time before they actually, like, address it with each other. It's just awkward, which I thought was very realistic. This is exactly how a lot of people would behave. They just wouldn't know what to say, and they put off this fight. There's this great sequence where... Will Ferrell's got this younger friend who is also traveling. They're in um, 
Austria, I think, somewhere somewhere skiing in, in Europe. Yeah, maybe um, Switzerland. Maybe or Switzerland, Austria. somewhere somewhere in there. And his friend is traveling from work um, with his new young girlfriend, and they they he kind of basically brings them there to kind of distract his wife so they don't have to have this conversation. But it ends up blowing up in the face. But those scenes are very funny. Mm-hmm. Like the the moments where it's like this is pure funny and their situational humor is funny. But I just again I felt like the movie wasn't quite giving me. Uh, enough so i actually am going to give this my first ever airplane which is basically a streaming my favorite Um, category your favorite category created by you because this would be a movie that if i saw it on an airplane i was like i'm glad i just killed you know an hour and a half and that was delightful but i'm not gonna remember it. not gonna remember it when we land and this is not going to be the part of the trip i remember like i think going to my friend's wedding in calgary i think Crazy Rich Asians yeah. was what, what I watched, which I had seen it before, but watch again. It was like, okay, that was exactly what I needed. It was yeah. it was funny enough. It was delightful enough. I can move on. Like, yeah. like it's And so to me, Downhill is that movie. It, it, it does have some strange moments, and I, and I do think that the writing and direction was not clear enough, was not specific enough, and, and was – I love subtlety, but was too subtle right. and, and tried to tell us too many things as opposed to showing us – things um which is a big criticism i often have for movies like if you want to tell me something let me read it in a book if you want to show me something make a movie of it like Mm -hmm. it's it's show versus tell um and and i do think that that the movie suffered a little bit there for me and stopped it from becoming a see it is those those little things even though all in all i will say i did enjoy it and the performances are quite good again julia louise dreyfus does i don't want to devalue the scene I was talking about because it was very good she she was very emotional and she brought in a lot of good things it's just I had just been laughing a few minutes ago and the whole thing had been not taken so seriously so far that I don't know if they did enough to show how this was torturing her on the inside well, I guess the tonal shifts were too exactly yeah okay that's that I like that that's as that's exactly how I felt the tonal shifts were just too much where I lost track of the internalization of characters whereas if I was reading this in a book I would have been like, oh, she's internalizing this mm-hmm. and this is torturing her. They didn't do a good enough job of showing me that. They tried to tell me that it, it, it's torturing her, but they didn't show enough mm-hmm. of that. So, again, I, I think that to me it's a stream it, but really an airplane. Great little airplane movie is Downhill um, because it's just – it's got some some nice entertaining moments. But, again, you will not remember this thing when it lands. You're not going to miss I it. Will, there's no reason why I'll ever watch this movie ever again unless I'm on an airplane. There you go. So there you go. That, that's, that's my Feb- That's death. a February movie for yeah, you. Yeah, honestly, that's what I feel like is like that's a February movie. Like that. that's downhill. I just saw that and it was – I don't know. I just I, – again, I was looking at movies to see this weekend and once you said you were seeing A Hidden Life going back to the screening room, I thought, okay, let me see what's out at the multiplexes right. and see what's there. And again, I chose this over things like Birds of Prey and a couple of the movies because I thought, well, this is a little less mainstream. Mm-hmm. It was a Sundance film recommended. It, it didn't have the same amount of marketing. It's not as well known as other movies. So it's almost like, you know, even the multiplexes, they usually save one or two screens for yeah. smaller films. So I thought I would give this a shot, but I just, yeah, I don't think it had the legs. Didn't work. Just not enough for me. So there you go. Downhill is, a, is an airplane and A Hidden Life is a see it with the asterisks of knowing. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> Try yeah, don't, to... <laughs> don't bounce your leg because yeah, it, there's going to be other people who 
do want to yeah. see it. If you're going to fall asleep during this movie, maybe don't. Maybe don't. Yeah. Take a nap. Take a nap. Um, but thank you, everybody. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for for sticking with us here. We've got a, as I said, I do think the next couple of weeks we're going to ramp up to, to some other movies. So we'll we'll be back at the screening room probably for the next few weeks yeah. seeing a couple more films. Some some new, but some also left over from, from 2019 yeah. as we still keep catching up. Yeah. Go see some movies. <laughs>